This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Have you done your taxes yet? And of course, we've got the deadline coming at the end of this month. And I think some people just keep putting it off and putting it off. But I want to help you out. And if you have any tax questions, you can text me, 403-974-8255. You can also call as well. Sometimes don't get too detailed because uh, my tax expert just wants to help us out. But uh, I don't think he actually wants to do your taxes. Jerry Vita Ratos is a lead trainer at Thomson Reuters, tax specialist at UFile. He joins us today. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Angela. How's it going? It's going well. This is something that uh, a lot of people, we always put off having to do our taxes. But really, if you're not owing the government anything, it's okay if you pass that deadline, correct? Uh, it's okay in the sense of you don't have any penalties or interest, but uh, it's not okay in the sense that you're making a loan, an interest-free loan to the government. Uh, because if the government owes you money, why would you leave it in their hands? <laughs> why not have it in your pockets, right? So you're much better off just filing on time and enjoying that money. Well, you know, and also, Jerry, I think we've got to start changing our thinking because people are, I'm excited I'm getting money back, but talk about an interest-free loan. That means then that the government has been taking your money from for a long period, you in a in a perfect world, I would do my taxes and it would be a zero balance, wouldn't it? Yes, because the tax return itself is essentially a reconciliation. Uh, you're reconciling between what you paid during the year and what you're supposed to pay, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what the tax return is. So you're absolutely right, uh, Angela. Uh, in essence, if you have a refund, it's actually bad news. It basically means that you've given more money to the government than what you should have. So you're much, again, much better off just to collect that money now. And I, I want to get into a few other questions for sure, Jerry. But when you do get money back, I think a lot of people see it, and back to this original thought, as kind of free money. But that is your money. It's almost been, maybe it's imposed by the federal government, some kind of a savings plan maybe. But what would your recommendation be when people get money back? Because I know lots of companies would love you to spend it with them. But what should you do? What would be a wise thing to do with any kind of a tax refund? Uh, I would say the first thing you should do is pay down any debt that you would have. Uh, considering uh, what uh, the statistics that we know in Canada right now with uh, you know consumer debt that's at an all-time high in Canada, the first thing you should do with that refund is try to pay down whatever you know high interest debt that you have. Again, like you just mentioned, now it's not. This isn't free money. You've worked for it and you've paid it ahead of time. It's like a prepaid expense. Uh, so at that point, if you get that money back, pay off those expenses. That's really the the best tip that that any any tax specialist can give to anybody. I know a lot of people are intimidated by doing their taxes, but I do think, you know, of course you're with UFile, but there's all a lots of different software programs out there that have really taken kind of the stress away from doing your taxes, haven't they? Yes, I mean, uh, for example, with our uh, with our product with UFile, we have an interview system, a patented interview system where we essentially hold your hand uh, as you are producing your tax return step by step. So the program at one point will ask you, uh, for example, what is your tax situation? What do you have as far as slips? What do you have as far as information? And then it starts asking, and then it starts tailoring the interview towards what you need. And essentially, we'll ask you those specific questions for you to enter your information. And then once you are done, it will bring out uh, all the relevant forms and complete all the relevant forms for you, for you to be able to transmit properly uh, to the CRA. It's actually a, a 
very easy process now with the, with where we are in technology today. Yeah. Uh, and Jerry, there's so many ways we can go here, but um, why don't you help me out here? When it comes to the average Canadian family filing their taxes, what are some credits that are out there that they might not be aware of or they might miss? Uh, you know, there's there's a few um, there's one deduction that I find a lot of people miss, and it's something that I, that I, within the field that I'm in right now, I find a lot of people miss. And that deduct it's actually a deduction. It's not even necessarily a tax credit, but mm. one of them is basically moving expenses. Uh, if you need to move because of a new job, or maybe you want to go into uh, into a university, a new school that you need to go to, if you if that move gets you 40 kilo, at least 40 kilometers closer to this new employment or the, or the new school that you're mm-hmm. going to, you can deduct a lot of the expenses uh, that you've incurred during this move. And, and 40 kilometers is not a lot. When you consider if somebody is in the rural areas and needs to move into the city uh, to be able to, you know, uh, find, a new, find new employment, right. uh, if they've gotten that new job, you know, they, they could easily deduct those expenses because they meet that 40 kilometer closer criteria. That's one thing that I find, uh, I find a lot of taxpayers miss. Uh, another one that they miss is is essentially carry forward amounts. So, for example, whenever you incur any capital losses, you know, certainly in 2008, a lot of us incurred capital losses. Uh, what people don't realize is that any capital losses you haven't used, they carry forward to the following year. You could, you almost like a, you could almost bank them, you could say. Uh, and, you, and a lot of taxpayers, unfortunately, they're not aware that these, that these amounts are bankable. You know, another example is tuition. Actually, since, since I, was, I was mentioning about universities, yeah. tuition is also a bank. It's not really an official term by the government, but just to have everybody understand, it's a bankable credit in the sense that if you don't need it, if you can't use it, you could carry it forward to future years and use them then. Uh, but a lot of people don't even realize they have these amounts already in bank. And don't expect the CRA to actually apply these for you if you miss them. Okay, You have to go in there and apply them, especially capital losses. You've got to go in there and tell, uh, and, and tell the government on, on your tax return that you want to use uh, those credits. Uh, the, the last one I would say is medical expenses. And that might sound counterintuitive because you know, we all know that medical expenses are deductible. But what people don't realize is what is deductible as a medical expense. The definition is huge. There's a lot of expenses that are eligible as, as a medical expense. The, 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 the least known one I find is the celiac disease, those who suffer from celiac disease. If they have to buy gluten-free food, well, the difference in price between gluten-free and non-gluten-free food is an eligible medical expense when it comes to medical expenses. Uh, so these are, these are some of the really overlooked things that I find yeah. by experience from people that they don't, they don't use and they don't look into. Jerry, even going back to the moving expenses, whether it be for a new job or a new education, what are you talking about for expenses then? Am I saving my gas if I hire a, a rental age a car or whatever? Give me some ideas of the expenses that I have to keep track of. Okay, so, so essentially for moving expenses, what we're talking about, uh, you know, the long story short of it is yes. You, so if you rent a van, that would be eligible. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to your mileage, yes, your gas is eligible, but the government even gives you a prescribed rate. If, let's say, your, your gasoline cost is not very high, uh, they can give you a prescribed rate, which is, uh, is basically a certain uh, amount per kilometer that you traveled uh, from, uh, you know, your old place of residence to mm-hmm. your new place of residence. So, for example, in certain provinces, uh, they can give you upwards of 50 Cents, sometimes even 54 cents, uh, for 54 cents a kilometer for the amount of kilometers that you're doing. This is what they call uh, the simplified method of uh, computing your moving expenses. Uh, you know, other examples are the commissions that you pay for the sale of your old home. 
You know, if you have to sell your house and go and move to another one, these are also deductible as well. And, and, and the beauty about moving expenses is that it's a deduction. It's not just a credit, right. which means that you're reducing the amount of income that you're being taxed on. So the, it, it works essentially the same way as an RSP, okay, on your tax return. It works exactly the same way. So all these expenses, you accumulate them and then deduct them straight off your, ta- off your net income and consequently your taxable income. All right, Jerry, we've set things up. I've got uh, a number of texts and I've got a few phone calls. Are you willing to help us out, help our listeners out with some of their taxes? Absolutely. Okay, let's put Jerry on hold. Jerry Viteratos, he's a lead trainer at Thompson Reuters, tax specialist at UFILE. 403-974-8255, the number to call and text your questions to Jerry after this. Jerry Viteratos is a lead trainer at Thompson Reuters. He's a tax specialist at UFILE, and he is helping us out with some of the tax questions. Uh, let's see here, Jerry. I've got lots of texts and phone calls as well. I just want to throw in a couple of texts here. I used my 25000 RRSP amount to buy my first home in 2016. When do I start repaying back the one fifteenth of it? Please and thank you. Jerry, can you help that listener? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the way it works is that if you pulled the amount in 2016, then you have what the government will call a, two, a two-year grace period. So simply put, on her 2018 uh, tax return is when she would have to start declaring the 115th, mm-hmm. okay, the amount, the amount of the payback. So, the, so essentially, like I said, it's 2016, she pulls it out. It's in, in two years, 2018, on that tax return uh, that she would have to start, you know, essentially paying back the home buyer's plan. So the, the way it would work is that she has to make a contribute make she has to make sure that she makes a contribution uh, of the amount of the one fifteenth in her yeah. in her two thousand and eighteen return, uh, and then and then that way uh, she doesn't get taxed on it. If she does not make that contribution in two thousand eighteen, then that one fifteenth gets added as taxable income mm. on her return. Uh, should a seventeen year old with no income file a tax return? That's a question from a listener. Yes, uh, and the and the and the basic reason for that is to collect GST once they turn 18. Uh, the GST payments are quarterly, so in the quarter of the year that the taxpayer that this person that this 17 year old becomes 18 years old, then they are entitled to the GST. But mm. the only way to get a GST to get that GST credit is if you file a tax return in the previous tax year. So no tax return, no GST until the following year. So you'd be missing out on a few payments. So okay. absolutely, yes, it is worth it. Let's go to the phones. Hello, Diane. What's your question for Jerry? Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. My mother passed away last summer, and I'm not sure what I have to do in terms of settling her income tax account. And my other question is, is there something else that I can claim that I might be missing? With your mother's death, you mean? Yeah. Uh, Jerry, can you help out, Diane? Diane, I'm just going to hang up so you can listen off the air, okay? Yeah, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, first of all, my, my condolences uh, for your loss. Uh, the, the, the first thing you have to do is, is essentially you have to settle all the accounts. The, the, the first thing is, uh, you know, call the financial institutions, uh, call uh, Service Canada as well. Uh, they need to be aware that the person has passed away. Uh, from there, uh, your, what your mother will get, what you're required to do in the, in the year of death is going to be a final return. So if your mother passed away uh, in 2016, uh, then there's a final return for all the income that she gained up until the point uh, of death. Uh, now, where it gets a little bit trickier is when, if she had any assets, for example, real estate uh, or, or an RSP uh, or a TFSA, 
uh, what happens in that scenario is that as of the date of death, these assets get, get disposed at the fair market value at that point. So it's, a, it's what the government calls a deemed disposition. Uh, so even though the, the amounts are not necessarily disposed of, they haven't been sold in the open market, uh, these assets have been disposed of and then have to be transferred. Of course, the will also plays a role. To whom uh, these assets will be allocated also makes a difference. Uh, for example, these assets transfer tax-free to a spouse, uh, but to, uh, to children, uh, these will be taxable on the final return. Uh, so, so when these deemed dispositions happen, it's as if your mother sold these assets for the fair market value, and if they're transferred to anybody other than the spouse, uh, then at that point, it becomes taxable income. So you might have a taxable capital gain, uh, or you might have a withdrawal, a, a deemed withdrawal of the RRSP. Uh, so these are things that, that, that you have to factor in. Uh, and again, the will plays a big role because uh, it, are these assets transferred uh, to, uh, to beneficiaries, uh, for example, a children or a spouse, or are they transferred to a trust and the trust will start allocating these assets slowly uh, to the beneficiaries? So I would say the first things first, look at the will. Uh, where are these assets going? And then once you determine uh, from the will where these assets are going, then, then there's a final return to produce. Uh, and, and one way or another, you have deemed dispositions uh, for all the assets uh, the, that, is within, uh, that, that is within their, uh, uh, their account. And now, as far as what you can claim uh, f on behalf of your mother, if, for example, uh, you were the caregiver of your mother in the year of death, that you can claim the caregiver amount uh, for your mother she if she resided with you up, up until the date of death. Uh, so that's a non-refundable tax credit that you can claim uh, on her be uh, you know, for the fact that you're taking care of her uh, during that time. But of course, your mother has to meet certain criteria, which is that her income does not go above a certain level, uh, which I believe is uh, just off the top of my head, maybe $16,000. Uh, and she has to have resided with you throughout, and she has to be at least 65 or over, or have been disabled and eligible for the disability credit. Oh, it does get a little more complicated, doesn't it, Jerry? It's, it's a mouthful. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, it all depends, first, like I said, is the will that will determine a lot of things, and, where, and what assets did she have? Uh, that really determines what happens on the return. Okay, let's get some more phone calls in. Sorry, Diane, for ha hanging up, but we just have so many calls to get to. 403-974-8255. Bartek, what's uh, your question for Jerry? Uh, thanks for taking my call. My question for Jerry is I had to get a private MRI scan done. It was referred by my doctor. It was too long of a wait to get it done at the hospital. Now, is that uh, amount that I paid, is that going to be eligible for my income tax filing uh, next year because I did get it done uh, 2017. Jerry, okay, do you know so what that would? Yeah, I, I believe, uh, yes, it would be eligible. Uh, it is, a, it is a, a scan that would be eligible under the medical expense uh, tax credit because it was prescribed by a what the government calls a medical practitioner, uh, which is a doctor. So, so at that point, yes, uh, that amount would be eligible, but of course only when the expense was incurred, which is 2017, so that means you would have to wait for 2017 uh, to deduct that, that expense, and it's a, it's a non-refundable credit. Bartek. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Okay, thanks, Bartek. Uh, let me get a couple of more phone calls in, and then I'll go back to the text, 403-974-8255. Hi, Kaylee. What's your question for Jerry? Hi. Um, so my question is, um, if you buy a vehicle in the U.S. and you bring it back to Canada and you pay at the Canadian border um, the the what is it, the duty on it, um, are you able to claim that on your tax return and where? Hmm. Any idea on that one, Jerry? 
Uh, it de- well, it would depend. Normally, no. Uh, it, the duties would not be eligible anywhere on the return unless you're bringing the vehicle in as as part of a business, or maybe your uh, or maybe as an employment what the, what the government considers as an employment expense. Which means that even though you're an employee, uh, you have expenses that you incurred out of pocket, uh, and uh, your employer is not reimbursing you uh, for those expenses. Uh, but the duties, even even under a business or an employment expense setting. Uh, it would be very hard to uh, to, to deduct the, the the duties as an expense. Uh, again, like I said, maybe as a business, uh, as a business or employment expense. But if you're just an employee and you don't fall under those categories, you would not be able to deduct those expenses. All right, okay, Kaylee. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks. thanks too bad. Uh, let me see. Someone else says there was a rule that said parents that pay child support are not allowed to claim any children as dependents. I heard that rule changed. Is that true? Can parents who pay child support now claim a child as a dependent? Jerry, can you help that listener out? Uh, yes, to my knowledge, no. Uh, if you are claiming this child, if, if you are paying uh, child support payments, uh, to my knowledge, uh, you would not be able to, to to claim that child as an eligible dependent. Oh. Uh, I don't. I have not seen any rule change uh, that, that I'm aware of. At least maybe maybe they made an announcement recently, but in the last budget, I don't believe I saw anything there. Mm. Okay, Jerry, let me squeeze a lot of people on questions on medical expenses. Would CPAP and orthotics be covered? Yes, again, as long as they are prescribed by a medical practitioner, uh, you would be a CPAP. Absolutely, it is a medical procedure prescribed by a medical practitioners. So that's that's really the key for, with the CRA, is that they want to make sure that it's that it's a procedure done uh, by uh, somebody who is recognized in your province. So you have to be careful because uh, certain special certain medical practitioners are recognized in some provinces but not in others. Uh, so you'd have to check on the CRA. The CRA website actually has a great uh, resource where if you just type in medical expenses as your search on the CRA expense, uh, you can simply type in those terms, and the CRA will tell you whether they're, they're eligible or not. Uh, and now the second part, Angela, was what? Uh, was, uh, let's see here, CPAP or, oh, my goodness, it just went Orth- away from orthotics, me. Orthotics. Right? Orthotics, thank you, orthotics. Ortho- yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be, yes. Uh, again, as long as they're prescribed by a medical practitioner, absolutely. Yes, they, they would be eligible. Uh, Jerry, sadly, I still have people on the phone line, and I I know you've uh, got other things to do, but obviously, uh, people, you've got a couple of weeks to do it. There's lots of different resources out there. Jerry, thanks so much. The half hour went way too quickly. Uh, well, you know, thank you very much uh, for having me, and hopefully we can do this again. Okay, Jerry Vitoraos. He is a lead trainer at Thomson Reuters and a tax specialist at UFAL. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.